Well, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. A weekend media briefing inevitably means that we have important news for you, which cannot wait. So this is an important briefing with an opportunity to share our latest thinking. An announcement was made at lunchtime that we currently have two confirmed positive cases which cannot currently be linked to the current cluster. As we are unable at this stage to link either of these cases to a known transition or transmission chain or to each other, we must conclude that it is possible that the virus is circulating in the community. At what level, we cannot be certain. That may become clearer when we have traced all the close contacts of the individuals concerned, carried out tests and received the results. That will take time and we expect to know more within 24 hours. Now if I could ask Dr Ewart to give an update from a public health perspective on this position. Dr Ewart. Thank you, Chief Minister. Yes, as, as you mentioned, the key issue here is that we now have two unexplained cases which presented asymptomatically from people out in the community. And we at present cannot link them back to the transmission chains of the existing cluster. That doesn't mean that they don't link back, but we have to accept that we may never find the way in which they do because there is a high likelihood that there will be and will have been missing links in that chain, if you like, in terms of other people who were infected by cases we know about in those transmission chains. Maybe they remained asymptomatic or they didn't report symptoms, didn't get tested, whatever. There could be a host of reasons for that. But they will have been out there and they may have passed on infection to other people um, down how many steps of transmission we don't know before we've reached the point at which we've identified these two positive cases. Obviously, we're doing all the usual approaches through contact tracing, which are designed to, th to do two things. One, to identify people who've been in contact during the time that these cases were likely to have been infectious, identify them, test them, self-isolate them, and then their contacts, particularly their household contacts. But we also do what's known as reverse contact tracing, which is to look back further and to try and take the, the lines of contact tracing out wider to see if we can identify where these cases came from, as in who gave it to them, rather than who do they give it to. Now, the problem is, given the incubation period of COVID and the time it takes for most people to go from being PCR positive to negative, it's entirely possible we will never identify that section of the missing chain, if you like. So in terms of control of the cases we've got now, we continue to do exactly what we always do, which is to isolate them, identify their contacts, test them and then isolate them. Thank you, Chief Minister. Thank you very much, Dr Ewart. Now, the Council of Ministers met this morning to discuss what action is needed in the short term before we have that clearer picture and an idea of the current risk level. We know that acting decisively and swiftly makes a difference. We cannot outpace the virus, but we can do our best to keep it in check. And that is what we are doing now. As many of you will have heard, we are advising all residents to stay at home for the time being as far as possible. It is very simple advice, and it will give us the best chance 
of reducing potential further transmission whilst we investigate the latest positive cases. I am aware that a number of long-planned events involving many guests are planned for tonight and there will be numerous gatherings, parties, celebrations and get-togethers planned across the island for today and into tomorrow, which have been much looked forward to. It is a difficult ask, but we appeal to the organisers of events large and small to please postpone their events in the interests of the wider community. At this stage, we have stopped short of making this a legal requirement. It is, however, our clear advice and I know that the majority of people due to attend events and the organisers of them will want to do the right thing. This is, we believe, an agile, sensible and practical response to an unfolding situation. It is too early to say what the next steps will be. We can all imagine scenarios where further cases emerge as a result of our contact tracing and where they do not. Speculation will not help but the public can be assured we are watching the situation very closely indeed and will consider options and make decisions in the best interests of our people at every stage. Council of Ministers heard the views of senior officers, including our Director of Public Health, this morning. Making a decision at short notice is an unwelcome task. Ministers gave their views and all were considered. We are well aware of the pros and cons of any course of action. These have to be weighed, but ultimately, a decision must be made. As Chief Minister, I like to hear the bottom line with no frills. Our Director of Public Health made it crystal clear that the latest two positive cases indicate potential transmission in the community. The one thing that Government and the Great Manx public have worked so hard to prevent. Dr Hewitt used the analogy of a moorland fire. When you have done your best to put it out, there is usually a period of uncertainty when it may break through again. That is where we are at present. We are on top of our contact tracing, working forwards and backwards. We are reaching and testing all close contacts of the cases without delay. Contact tracing continues. We have advised the public to stay home and avoid meeting with others whilst we work to contain any potential spread. We will keep everyone informed as soon as we have further information. Until then, we ask for your support in following the advice given today to exercise vigilance, maintain good hygiene and look out for others who may not be able to, as you are, to adapt to a rapidly changing situation. Now let's go to questions from the media. And first we have today is Paul Moulton from Isle of Man Television. Good afternoon, Paul. Fast am I. Good afternoon. You had your Council of Ministers meeting this morning, therefore you had credible information at that stage to cause the uh, Council of Ministers to meet. Why, again, the delay between then, and I got information and put it out, why the delay did not let the public know straight away, not wait until 1.20 to put a press release out, for this important information so people could make up their minds how they wanted to plan their day ahead. And certainly lots of people out and about all day today being such a nice day. Well, you, you say this on a regular basis, Paul. The Council of Ministers meeting finished at 12.30. The press release went out at 1 o'clock or just after. So I think a 30-minute delay whilst we write a press release is more than acceptable. Hang on, your meeting started at some round much earlier than that. You knew <laughs> before the meeting started, didn't you? 
No, we knew we had two cases, but we needed to discuss the context and the detail. We, our meeting finished at 12.30 or thereabouts, and the press release was out at one or just after. So I'm quite content that that's a pretty short period of time. So your next question, Paul. And you said they were asymptomatic. How did you actually find these people? How were they tested? Because they weren't showing any symptoms. Is that correct? No, no. I said they were symptomatic. They were symptomatic. And are you, obviously it goes back to some case that has come in, so clearly there must be some way to find out eventually, or do you think it will never be explained? Well, I think in Dr. Hewitt's um, presentation just now, she clearly said there may be links in the chain that we, we never find where someone has maybe been asymptomatic and not, um, pa and not been seen to um, have the, the virus and passed it on to someone. That said, as we speak, our tracing teams are contacting all the people who are high risk to the two cases and have already taken swabs and will, will be getting the results as soon as possible. That's why until we know the data from these high risk um, cases, um, or whether they are cases or not, once we have that data, which we hope to have tomorrow, then we will be able to make a further decision. And Council of Ministers will be meeting tomorrow morning, probably, once we have the latest data um, to see whether we need to go further or whether um, the precautions that we've put in place have, have been fine. So you expect another update tomorrow, another press briefing, yes? Yes, I, I would um, expect to give, well, certainly we'll definitely be having a press briefing one way or the other. Hopefully it's good news, but um, we'll have more data tomorrow. We just haven't got it at this moment in time. Okay, next I have Richard Butt from Isle of Man Newspapers. Good afternoon, Richard. Fast am I. Fast am I, Chief Minister. Um, not long ago, we went into a circuit breaker lockdown very quickly after some community transmission. Why haven't we this time? Well, we haven't gone, and I'm not saying we, we're not going to, Richard, but it's really important that we have the data, and we just do not have the data yet to confirm whether it's as serious as it was last time. So what we've done is we've taken the opportunity, instead of waiting until Monday, to hold the press conferences, to advise the people that there is a problem, and that to please refrain from having meetings until further notice. So it's it, it, it's just, we're, we're, being, we're taking a precaution, I think, You've always got to learn from, you know, as much as either your own mistakes or the experiences of other jurisdictions. And if you look at our good friends and colleagues in Guernsey, they had a weekend event where they had a big dance competition. And as a result of that weekend event, they ended up with more active cases, nearly as we had cases of COVID on the island in the full 12-month period. So we're, we're wanting to learn from what happened elsewhere we're taking this precaution because we knew there were some high, um, not high risk, but high volume events on this weekend. And sadly, we felt we needed to ask the organisers to, to, to shut them down. I don't know, David or Dr. Ewart, you want to add to that? Yeah, I'll come in if I may, Chief Minister. I mean, you're quite right, Richard. I mean, one of the things with our island community is the fact we have a very vibrant island community. Unfortunately, this has struck at a weekend when we know there were lots of events planned for tonight. So we've had to act quickly to come out and recommend to people that those events don't take place. With the last circuit break lockdown, we did exactly the same process. We waited until we had all the information off the back of the cases where we weren't able 
able to identify the chains of transmission or link it back to any existing known cases. And at that point, we announced a circuit breaker. We don't have that information at present. As the Chief Minister said, we should have information to be able to discuss that tomorrow. But it was important with this emerging on a Saturday night when we know that our vibrant community was holding lots of events, particularly charity events, that we got the message out there that there may be an issue and it was important that people took precautions. So that is what we're doing this afternoon and any other further actions will potentially follow if required when we have the information. And I don't know if the Director of Public Health has anything additional to add. No, I think that's covered it very well. Thank you. Okay, Richard. So at the moment then is advice to, to not go to these events. The advice presumably is also to not open pubs, to shut shops, to shut gyms and so on. It's just advice, it's not compulsory. When or if will we find out, and of course we've got schools presumably opening on Monday, maybe, maybe not. When are we going to get a firm decision on these things? Will it be tomorrow or will it hang on for a long time after that? No, it'll, it'll be tomorrow, Richard. We'll, we'll have the data to decide whether we need to take further action or whether um, everything, the, the results catching the people in time has stopped it spreading. So we'll know tomorrow and we'll have, obviously have press briefing and we'll put out um, news releases at the, at the same time on that. Regarding, and that will be the same for schools, the the Minister for Education, Sport and Culture has spoken to his CEO, who's spoken to head teachers, and we will let everyone know when we've got more information tomorrow. As I say, this is a precaution. You're quite right, Richard. This is not a legally enforceable um, action. This is a request by us to the Great Manx public to not go out just whilst we're learning more about the potential outbreak. And it's only a potential outbreak at this moment in time. We've got two unexplained cases of COVID. We know there's an awful lot going on. We know from events in other jurisdictions where they haven't taken this sort of action, they've ended up with hundreds of cases because it's mushroomed out of control. And we just think that this is a sensible precaution to take whilst we get more data coming through tomorrow. So yes, we're asking, obviously shops, people still need to go out and get food, etc. But we are asking if it, if people know the rules, they, they, they know how to be sensible. We've been doing this for a while now. We're in the good position we are because people have been sensible. So we're just asking people to please refrain from going out tonight and, and into tomorrow till we get the data that we need to give you the advice that we want to give you one way or the other. I don't know, David, if you want to add anything. No, I, I think you've summed that up very nicely, Chief Minister. Okay. Thanks very much, Richard. Next we have is Josh Stokes from ITV Granada. Good afternoon, Josh. Fast am I. Good afternoon, Chief Minister. My first question to the Health Minister, please. Um, for those who may now be incredibly worried about receiving their vaccination in the coming weeks, what's your message to them at this stage? The message is, Josh, that we will always take any precautions that the health professionals deem necessary to ensure that the vaccination programme is safe. We have measures in place. You may remember we carried on with the vaccination programme during the circuit break lockdown. We, uh, the whole thing is set up and it was one of the reasons for creating the Chester Street Hub so that if we did have to put measures in place, we could do so and still get the throughput. I would urge anyone who has a vaccination appointment booked to still attend that appointment. If anything, it is absolutely crucial that we continue with the rollout of the vaccine and that people do turn up for their vaccinations when booked. Hey, thank you. My second question, this will obviously come as quite a shock for those who may 
now be shielding and those who will have cautiously been wearing face coverings over the last few weeks while we've been out of lockdown. What's your stance on face coverings now for those who do go out? Well, there's a moment in time. It's up to individual preference. We're, we're not making it mandatory. We are just recommending that people, where possible, stay at home and, and don't go out. Certainly don't go out to other people's houses or, or shows or, or large gatherings. If you just stay at home until tomorrow when we've got the data then to give you the advice that we want to give you now, but we just don't have the data to back that up at this moment in time. We just think it's a precaution. Um, if people want to wear masks, that's absolutely fine. That's their decision, but we're not making it mandatory at this moment in time. Thank you. Thanks very much, Josh. Now we move on to Rob Pritchard from 3FM. Good afternoon, Rob. Faster my. Faster my, Chief Minister. Um, another thing that you didn't mention in your previous statement was also around social distancing. What are your suggestions or rules around that right now? Okay, I'll hand over to Dr. Hewitt. Yes, again, we're not recommending a mandated return to social distancing, but obviously people can apply that, avoid situations that are crowded, use face coverings and so on. Um, I think where we are with this is absolutely in line with the response levels. Uh, one has to assess the level of risk and decide what the response across the island needs to be for that. And you'll see that that's done in other jurisdictions where there have been um, zero COVID policies and then cases have arisen. And interestingly enough, um, looking at our peers in that group, which is a very small group, um, Guernsey, as you'll know, continues to have sporadic community cases that they can't link to chains of transmission, although their overall numbers are coming down. They're still in lockdown. New Zealand, which now has an outbreak of community cases, which I think is up to 12 now, is going into a level three response in Auckland tomorrow with level two for the rest of the, the islands. Um, and obviously you can look on the respective websites of those jurisdictions to find out the details. So you'll see that in both those cases and in ours, response needs to be nuanced to match the circumstances. And obviously those circumstances can change. And, you know, we, we can't deny that that may be the case. And we may find more cases which indicate that we do need to escalate the response levels. But it's not dichotomous. It's not from COVID-free, no restrictions whatsoever, immediately to full lockdown. We have to take a call on that. Our government has to take a call on that. It's not an exact science. And there is no crystal ball that means anyone can get it right all the time. And we have to be prepared to change approaches as the data change. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, my second question, when can we expect a list of low or high risk locations to be issued? Right, well, at the moment in time, the team are obviously working on, on data. If people if people come back as, as negative from the high risks, then obviously there, there won't be the problem. But that, that's being worked on at this moment in time. If we can get it to you before the briefing that we do tomorrow, then of course we will. But at this moment in time, I haven't got that, that, that list. The contact tracing team are busy um, correlating all the information for us for our meeting tomorrow. I, I, unless, um, David, you've heard anything or, or Dr. Yeah, Hewitt? Yeah, if I can just say it does take time, Rob, because we have to assess venues as to whether they are low risk or high risk. We also have to complete the contact tracing to see if people are returning positive. We will get the list out, as we always do, as quickly as possible. Um, but it has to be done in a proper methodical ma uh, manner so that what we are giving out to the public is accurate and not just rushed.
And with that, I'll bring in the Director for Public Health if she's got anything to add. Yes, thank you, Minister. That, that's absolutely the case. As I think I've said previously on these break briefings, contact tracing is actually an art and a science. And we are very lucky in having a highly experienced team of contact tracers who are extremely good at eliciting the full context of where people have been, when they were there, but also what were they doing there? What were they doing in relation to other people that were there? Um, I've given the example before of, you know, a case in a pub if they go in buy a pint sit in a corner on their own nursing the pint for an hour actually the risk to other people in that venue is very low if they were out there mixing and mingling talking to everybody joining in the karaoke the risk is different so it's not necessarily quick to define whether something is a high risk or low risk venue and you might even have an issue where you actually split a venue you know if you were in this bit at this time, then it's higher risk, that bit lower risk. So this is something contact tracers do as a team and they do it with myself and my health protection colleague from public health. They come back with the information they've got and we discuss it, we interrogate it, we suggest whether there are other questions that need to be asked of the cases. And then after we've done all of that, we're much clearer on the level of risk in the different venues. Thank you. And thanks very much for that, Rob. Now we move on to Tim Glover from Manx Radio. Good afternoon, Tim. Fast am I. Fast am I, Chief Minister, Health Minister and Director of Public Health. We've been inundated with emails and correspondence, as you can imagine. There seems to be quite a lot of anger out in the public this time around and fear. Uh, one example here, for days we've been told uh, there's silence from the Cabinet's office except messages. Everything is normal, no need to worry. What do, you, what do you say to people who are uh, saying that government hasn't been putting out the right messages and then all of a sudden the inevitable, as many people have seen it, is here? There's, there is frustration and anger out there. Well, I can, I can imagine there's frustration. I, I, anger I can't understand because we had no cases in, in, the, in the previous update. All the cases we were having before, was it was going in the right direction. It was all people who had been deemed as high risk. They were already in isolation and the situation was under control. Now, we, we, we've come along literally today and been advised that there are two active cases that cannot be traced. That's a totally different situation, and it, it, it would appear to have nothing whatsoever to do with the Isle of Man steam packet company um, spread. So this is something totally different. It's only just happened, and um, obviously I know people will be concerned and, and worried, and we're doing our utmost to keep it under control, but we've told the public everything that we know um, straight away from, from when we found out, and we, we've got as much information for them. Um, we, we've gone out today, and we'll do exactly the same tomorrow, hopefully with far more information once we've got the data back. Second question is to the Health Minister, and uh, I have brought this up. Uh, privately with him. Uh, we had a friend who was tested yesterday around lunchtime and got their result at 1.30 this morning, yet the figures that were released at four o'clock said no one was waiting for a test in yesterday's figures. You mentioned accurate information and uh, the fact it was saying no testing led to uh, people going to social media to say, well, actually, there are positive cases. Could you just explain how those figures are compiled, 
and why they didn't appear to be quite right yesterday. Yeah, I'm happy to do so, Tim. I mean, the figures were correct for the snapshot time taken, and the figures were not incorrect. What actually happens, and I have explained this at a briefing before, is it is a snapshot. The daily figures we give and what we put up on the website is a snapshot in time. The, when is that time? That time Minister? frame, well, that's what I'm just going to go into, Tim, if you give me a second. The way it works is the lab updates the actual figures once a day to the front-facing port portal which is where those are captured from it's a manual process for the lab to do it so it can't be done in real time they do that once a day when they have the capacity to be able to do so so that time frame can be anything from 10 a.m in the morning till half three in the afternoon and that will then give you the daily figures so for instance yesterday if that snapshot was produced by the lab at 11 a.m that person wouldn't yet have actually come forward to be tested so it would show zero people awaiting test there's no other way of doing it we can't shove lab resource into producing real-time lab results um, if we were to do that we would actually affect what people want our lab people to be doing which is actually processing COVID tests and finding out any situation that we might have um, I have explained this before so we'll always those daily figures will always be a snapshot in time so people should not get fascinated with the people awaiting tests or awaiting results figure that is the figure from whenever that snapshot was taken and that will always be the case but obviously if anything if that snapshot say was taken at 10 a.m and then people who were tested at 12 etc they would roll into the next day's figures when the next snapshot is taken would it be useful to put what the time is of that snapshot on the figures so it that people can then uh, calm down a little bit at, in yeah. some cases. It's not always easy to do, Tim. Um, I have access to the front-facing portal, so I see it when it goes up, and it's not always as simple as that as to just shove a time on it, um, because sometimes if the lab does have capacity, it can be updated multiple times in a day, but generally, in most cases, it is just once a day those figures are updated. What people should... So like I say, while it's interesting statistical information to have, I, people shouldn't get weighed down and fascinated with those figures around awaiting results or people waiting to be tested. Thanks very much, Tim, for that. Next, we move on to Alex Bell from BBC Isle of Man. Good afternoon, Alex. Fast am I. Good afternoon. Um, simply, hospitality business owners and many other business owners today have told me that they need clear guidance. Can they stay open or should they close? Well, we are asking them to to close. We're not saying they must. It's not a legal requirement. We will be reviewing the data tomorrow to, to decide whether we need to make it a, a legal requirement or not. We're just saying there's a lot of events on at this moment in time. The advice is for all people to stay at home, not to go to one another's houses, not to go out to pubs or nightclubs or parties, because there may be spread in the community. And by staying at home, you are doing your bit and, and helping the island come through this period of um, COVID-19. So we're not saying clubs must, we're highly recommending it, but tomorrow we may insist legally that they will have to do that. Then but it, equally, we may get data that says we don't need to enforce that. Why give them a choice in the meantime? Because the legal drafting has to be done to an extent, Alex. We do not know the data. So if I go out and legally enforce it, A, trying to get the team to do all the legal drafting at such short notice would be nigh on impossible. B, we haven't got the data yet. So we're saying the advice from our experts is that people should stay at home whilst we're getting more data. Um, but as I say, tomorrow I'll give you all a, a, another briefing. 
with far more of an understanding about how the high risks contacts of the two people who who have caught us out effectively um, what what the results are with that and whether there is an issue in the community or whether it's just been caught in time but so as i say it's not a legal responsibility if they choose to open tonight legally we will not be prosecuting them we're just asking people not to go out tonight until we know the circumstances of these latest two cases. I don't know if I've explained myself clear enough whether David or Dr. Ewart you want to expand on yeah, that. Yeah, Alex, I mean, we're uh, looking at the clock that's in front of me. We're just approaching half three now. If we were this afternoon to get the Attorney General's chambers to draft a law, which we would then have to rush in, which we might be changing tomorrow depending upon what the data tells us. I don't think that's a sensible approach. I think what we have to do is trust the Manx public here. The Manx public has been highly responsible throughout the whole of the COVID-19 period, which is coming up to 12 months now. Um, I would. We are urging hospitality venues for tonight for the safety of what would be their patrons to close for the one night while we find out what the situation is. And to be quite frank, um, certainly from the response I've heard from people and seen on social media before coming into this briefing, I don't think there'll be many people out and about tonight anyway, so I don't think there'll be much custom out there for those premises. Yeah, As I've already said, Alex, this is something that happened to our good friends and colleagues in Guernsey where they had a dance festival, and whilst they shut down, um, these big of that big event had caused a, a number of cases so great that they were facing active cases, which amounted to the same number, roughly, that we'd had in the full 12 months. So by asking people to stay at home now, it's, it's, you could say it's an insurance policy. We're just waiting till we find out the detail, and then we'll give you a, more of an update tomorrow with more, from a more knowledgeable position on what the way needs to be going forward whether it's easier or tougher we will be able to let you know tomorrow it's purely as a precaution but i hope everyone will see it's a sensible precaution the last thing we want is to say well don't shut um, until we we get the data tomorrow and by which case we're shutting the door after the horse has bolted thank you Chief Minister, you just said to me a moment ago there that we've been caught out by two cases indeed earlier in the press conference you said that we can't outpace the virus isn't this exactly what your administration has been trying to do for the last two weeks? Has contact tracing failed here or has the policy failed? No, I mean, we, well, I said caught out. We've, we've been caught with two cases that we didn't know anything about, Alex. I mean, no system, first and foremost, no system uh, it can, you know, is perfect. So I'll put that, I'm not trying to make out that our contact tracing team and all the procedures we put in place are, are perfect. I like to think that the record that our team um, across the board, if you compare it with the rest of the world, is probably second to none. But we have two unexplained cases. We don't know yet where they've come from. And it may well be that there is a link back to the original case, or it may well be that we'll never know where they've come from. Um, but we should have a greater knowledge tomorrow about what those two risks um, present to, to, to the public. I don't know if Dr Hewitt or David, if you want to expand on that. Yeah, if I can just come in first, Chief Minister. I mean, we're dealing, Alex, with an invisible foe. Um, we've said throughout the pandemic, and I've certainly stressed, that cases will always pop out or pop up because there will always be the case, particularly where people can be asymptomatic, that, as Dr Hewitt has explained on several occasions, you may not have that that full line of transmission. We don't know, and it doesn't look at the moment like these are linked to the cluster, so, to be fair, if they're not linked to the cluster, it wouldn't matter how much contract tracing you did on that particular cluster, you would not come up with the links for these two particular cases. 
we will always have those sort of cases emerging while we're in a mm. pandemic. And what is important is that the contact tracing process go, acts swiftly, which it is doing, to look, for, look to where people have been and isolating the appropriate people. We have the mitigation measures in place that have served us well for 12 months. As Dr Hewitt says, we have a highly experienced team in contact tracing. In fact, I must say, as Minister for Health and Social Care, I'm incredibly proud of the team that we have. And to be frank, 12 months ago, they were learning on the job. No one had really ever had to do this before. And I think we've got a world-class team in place and they will do their job and that will then allow us to try and control this. We are never going to out pace a virus what we have always tried to do is keep up with it and that's exactly what we're doing via the contact tracing process and i'll hand over to the director of public health yes i mean i have very little to add there other than to say that this may these take cases one or both may be linked to the cluster that originated with the steam packet and as we've said several times already in this briefing we may never know because there may well be missing links in that chain who were out there spread it and are now negative and even if we did mass testing we would never find them so we have to accept that and whilst we look to find the reverse tracing and find where things have come from we also have to very much focus on stopping it going anywhere further forward and ultimately of course um, contact tracing is highly dependent on what cases and contacts tell them and there are limitations in that, either because people forget the details of where they've been and who they were with, or for some reason they actually don't want to divulge things for whatever reason. So this is not, as I said before, an exact or perfectible science. Thank you. Okay. Thanks very much, Alex. Right, next we have, and last but not least, I should say, is Sam Turton from Jeff. Good afternoon, Sam. Fast am I. As to my Chief Minister, we've had a question from a business owner as we're going on here. Obviously, this is for many people a pay weekend. It's the busiest weekend that they'll have in this month, and they had a bit of a rough January. They're asking if, while they're just being advised to close, if they do close, will there be financial support for them and their staff, or is it a case of the decision is up to you, so the financial implications of this are up to them as well? Yeah, it's a good question, Sam. And at the moment, it's it's a precaution. It's just for today and tomorrow. Now, if that extends or we decide we need a formal lockdown of some sort, then yes, we will be considering financial support as we've already done. And the Economic Policy Review Committee, led by the Treasury Minister and the Minister for Enterprise, will be reviewing the situation as, as it develops. But equally for one potential day we can't go paying out you know this tax this is your money the taxpayer and if we were to pay out just for one day you know, there'd be nothing left in a very short period of time so we, we, we've tried we've got to try and get the balance right here um, but if if this carries on then of course we will have to look at giving support to business thank you and just secondly for minister ashford or dr you in terms of the vaccine role i obviously made the decision to move one of the vaccines further back and we said there'd be a announcement on how the new timetable was going to be how much closer are we to that because obviously with this naturally people have contacted us saying they are quite concerned about when they'll be getting their first dose yeah, I can actually give you the answer to that now, Sam. Um, apologies, I thought we already had it at a previous briefing, but just in case I didn't, um, the, moving the dose back doesn't radically change the timetable. What it does is it moves the first doses um, forward by about two weeks. 
So it's about it's about a two week period that advances the timetable. So, for instance, on the current schedule, we would expect all those over the age of 50 to have received their first dose by the 19th of April. Thank you. OK, thanks very much, Sam. And thank you all for your questions. Now, I know many of you will be concerned on these developments and we are asking everyone to be sensible and take what precautions you can. It will be unsettling for many and I do want to assure the general public that the overall risk remains low and this advice today is as a precaution. If you know of anyone that is unsettled by this news, just maybe give them a telephone call to check they're okay. There is absolutely no need to panic and as I've said before, there will be plenty of food and provisions in our stores so there is no need for people to rush out and purchase any more than they ordinarily need. Please take care and be kind to each other. Thank you all very much for joining us today. Bye-bye.